0: Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about sentient weapons and needy appliances. If you'd like to support the podcast and fund new adventure modules like the recently released free adventure Mansion of the Mad Mage, head on over to patreoncom Dinners. Welcome. Take a seat anywhere. We'll be right with you. Every. Single. Day. It's we must defeat the Dark Lord. Really? I have so many other things that need done. But only I can defeat them. We must make haste. No, no. What we need to do is eat breakfast, then sort out exactly why Gromath has adopted a boar. We certainly don't need any more mouths to feed, and the innkeeper was not keen on letting it stay inside last night. That barbarian's love of animals is going to get us in serious trouble someday. Every day we waste, the Dark Lord's power grows. Only I can defeat them. We must make haste. Oh, sheath your mouth, sword. Ah, sentient weapons. It's something that I think is most prevalent in TTRPGs, though there are a few examples in other forms of media. Normally, you see a lot of magical artifacts, uh, powerful crystals... Incredible devices. These are really abundant MacGuffins in many stories. But a lot of movies outside of a few pokes at like children's uh kind of media, very few other places do you have sentient objects at the center of a story arc outside of like fantasy genre stuff, like I said in children's shows. But in TTRPGs and in DD, I see sentient weapons used just all over the place. And and not everybody does them, and I think there's probably been a shift sort of away from them. And they can be done well, but more often than not, I see sentient weapons oftentimes being a replacement for the DM NPC. Um, and I haven't gotten too much into my thoughts on that, but in general dm npcs are something that i really tend to try to shy away from outside of maybe uh, like a solo campaign but if there's more than one or two players a dm npc is more often than not is just the dm's desire to be a player or to have a reason to railroad the story into a certain direction uh, by having somebody there that knows things that the PCs do not, and it it's something that as a DM you've got to kind of let go of. You've got to let go of your need to drive the story in a specific direction. And let the story evolve out of the cooperative elements that you and your players are able to bring together at the table. And so, in a lot of places, I've seen the sentient weapon take the place of the DMNPC because DMNPCs have gotten a pretty bad rap recently. A lot of people are, you know, speaking out against the use of dm npcs in games and railroaded storylines wanting more open-ended types of story content and i think that the the need and the desire to have that narrative element that is able to drop hints to the np or to the pcs without uh necessarily driving a full character has somewhat taken the shape of the sentient weapon and I don't want to say that all sentient weapons are bad. Um, they aren't. And again, I think that probably the best sentient weapons are, are probably more cursed often than they are not. But it's it's the same thing. It's having a voice within the party that is dangerous. It is the, the existence of a character that is not run by the PCs that it knows things that the characters do not, and is a semi-permanent fixture. A lot of sentient weapons are more than just sentient, they usually confer bonuses and have special abilities and powers that are going to make them something that the PCs want to keep in their party in the same way that a DM NPC is going to be a leveled, oftentimes a leveled character with powers and abilities or wears really good plot armor um, because the DM likely isn't going to be out to kill their own character. So in in the same way, that's something that the players are going to want to keep in the party. Having a powerful, magical weapon or device that has... A mind of its own and a lot of ability to influence not just the story but the outcomes of combat is really hard for the players to you know want to to get rid of unless they are kind of actively wanting to ditch the dm's involvement direct involvement in the party um In that scenario, maybe they would, you know, just throw it in a lake or something and let the next hero (laughs) take care of it. But it's something that I thought of recently. The the I, I have this long standing issue with appliances it's something that I voice very often to many people in hopes that somewhere along the line it'll get to an engineer at some major manufacturing company and somebody can please address this. But needy appliances drive me absolutely bonkers. And what a, what is a needy appliance? So our microwave has a timer on it, like many do and you punch in the amount of time that you want it to microwave your food and you punch in the power settings and everything else you hit start you walk away and when it's done it beeps to confirm that it has finished doing its job hooray good for you i know how long i put it on for i know the 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 microwaves are not quiet devices the magnetrons inside of them and the fans are all very noisy and so i'm pretty aware of when it's done but oftentimes especially for like longer things like defrosting items uh i may want them to sit and rest so that the heat distributes evenly without opening the door or i may be doing a defrosting run for you know eight or ten minutes and i'm going to walk away and do something else and my microwave after it is done cooking will beep multiple times every 30 seconds or so to remind you that it has finished doing its job and it will continue doing this every 30 seconds until you open the door and close it again. So if I'm just wanting my food to rest and for the heat to even out or maybe you know cool off a little bit but without having it you know just sitting on the countertop where the animals can get to it Uh, I just want it to sit in there for maybe five minutes or maybe I'm gonna go take care of something else, uh, wash some dishes or do a load of laundry or whatever else in the house I need to do. And the microwave will constantly remind me that my food has finished cooking and that it has done its job and that it wants me to open the door. This is completely unnecessary. I do not need the microwave to remind me to open the door, I know where the food is. I know that I have cooked it. I know that it is finished cooking. Now, I'm aware that it's fine to have a reminder for some things, especially for longer cook times where you may have gone to another room and forgotten what you were doing, or things like an oven where if you don't turn it off, the heat is just going to stay on and potentially be a hazard to your living environment. But once the microwave is off, It's not going to cook anymore, it is not a hazard to the environment, it's off. So I don't need that reminder constantly, and at least, at the very least, I want a button to say if I want the reminder. Let me decide if I want to be reminded once it's done doing its job. There are some times, like, you know, longer defrost cycles where I may have walked away for 15 minutes and forgotten that I had set up the defrost and I need to flip things over and turn the defrost back on. That's fine. There are situations where a reminder is okay. But I don't need a reminder every 30 seconds after I reheat leftovers for a minute and a half. I'm I'm coming. It's lunch. I'm going to want it. I'm going to want to come back to the microwave and open the door and get my leftovers because I am hungry. That's the whole point of me using the microwave. So I just wish that there was an option to you know, mute it, or at least turn off the reminder. A mute would be even better. I get that the magnetron is loud, but does every button push for me entering in that it's a 30-second reheat of a cup of coffee or a tea or something, does every button press need to be uh, like an alarm clock klaxon, like this incredibly loud, shrill beep? They can't be any softer. And it all seems, they all seem to have the same like beep it's like one tone that everybody it's like a car horn almost where it's just got to be as loud as possible if somebody if my significant other is sleeping in i don't necessarily need the microwave to wake them up because i'm trying to heat some water i it doesn't need to give multiple beeps when i'm standing there right in front of it so if i could turn off the beep mode and just have it, you know, it's gonna be loud enough when it turns the magnetron on. I'm standing there; it's fine. If I could just stop the beeping, I would be okay. I did. I do have to give some credit. Our washer and dryer actually have a button that allows you to change the signal volume. There's three settings: there's high, low, and off. And cool, I will turn the dryer signal off, but leave the washer signal on because oftentimes the dryer takes longer than the washer, and I will oftentimes run the dryer at the end of the night when I'm getting ready for bed. I'll flip over the laundry, put it in the dryer, and I don't need it to beep at me an hour later when I've fallen asleep. So thank goodness that I can turn that signal off. But Having that same kind of consideration, like microwaves are not complicated technology. I mean, they're a little complicated relatively, but they're not there's nothing new. They're pretty much the same design that we've had since like the 50s and 60s when they were first kind of hitting the scene. There's not a lot that is changed about them um, unless maybe you get something with a Bluetooth adapter on it. But I even think that would probably be worse, because now you're getting reminders in your pocket every 30 seconds that your food was done cooking a minute and a half ago. Like, I don't need that in my life at all. And I feel like that frustration that I have is the same exact kind of frustration that I have with sentient weapons being used in in Dungeons & Dragons or in in role-playing games in general, where there's this constant reminder to do a specific thing. uh, To defeat the Dark Lord, to destroy the legendary artifact, to kill the dragon, or just (laughs) a a a weapon that, you know, it's different. When you have a weapon that glows when there's trolls nearby, cool. I mean, it could be bad if the trolls then see the glowing, because they're going to come after it, but at least it's not shouting in either the back of your brain where nobody else can hear it which is probably more annoying or just out loud in the open talking to everyone i i actually don't know those are both probably equally annoying to me but it's not a constant reminder that a thing needs to be done the glowing weapon is just kind of a signal it's a subtle helper and it can't do anything else it can only glow when a certain enemy type is nearby awesome it's, it's something that is helpful, it can be useful, you can figure out how you want to use it uh, or hide it, but it's not going to interfere with the storytelling that is going on. It's not going to you know, try to put things back on track when they're getting sidetracked. I've talked before in some other episodes about how like sidetracks are where a lot of the story comes from the chaos of players going off the beaten path, of handling traps and encounters in creative ways that skip content is something that, that's where the adventure comes from. That's where the fun story beats The all of, not all of, but a lot of the best stories that I have heard of adventuring parties often come from the unique solutions and the strange ways in which the adventure was thrown off the rails or was circumvented in some way. And those are the f- most fun and interesting stories. It's, it's not the story of we followed the sword's instructions to the letter and had no trouble to overcome and defeated the boss and got a bunch of gold. That's not where the fun comes from. The fun comes from we got ourselves into a sticky situation and used some magic item that we've been holding on to for a ridiculous amount of time in a way that it was not ever intended to be used. And through that, we're able to overcome a dangerous scenario where some party member almost died. That's that's the fun stuff. That's the stuff that you remember. You don't necessarily remember the talking sword unless... It is an annoying thing, and you remember it for a negative reason. And I think that in a lot of ways, I feel like sentient weapons aren't really talked about as much. They're probably not as often used, but I think that they really should fall into the same camp as a DMNPC because they just are—they're too rigid in form, and they don't offer. A lot of flexibility now a really talented dm and a really good party can probably make this and leverage it in a way that there are some places where dm every npc is a dm npc right so there are places and there are ways to leverage that to move a story along or potentially give the party a, an additional member for a certain quest and not run them in a way that controls the storyline at all or possibly give their combat actions over to the party and say you know you or give them very rigid outline like this npc will only do these types of things in combat they will not risk their life they will only move to the back and throw fireballs or whatever and you know roll them in that way but when the dm npc or the sentient weapon is starting to Control decision making in the party, either by offering advice. And a lot of times, the players will ask for it because sometimes they want to know what the best. Does this NPC know the back door? Do they know the layout of the land? Do they know a way in or a secret way to, you know, a vulnerability of the final boss or something? And they're going to ask for that information. They're going to want to leverage that npc's abilities or they may also just want to use them as cannon fodder like here's some free hit dice that are gonna soak some damage before we go in and that's probably equally as bad (laughs) but having that player that is they just share a brain with the dm and so it's something that it's a really dangerous situation to get yourself into where if you're thinking I want to include a sentient weapon or a DM NPC in the party. Ask yourself why you want that, either as a player or as a DM. As a player, why is it that you want a sentient weapon? Uh, would something, do, would maybe a, an animal companion work better? Um, are you trying to have something to interact with? Or are you trying to find something that is going to advance the storyline to your benefit, where you are now the heroic one because only you have the source of knowledge talking in the back of your brain about what to do next, so you can be the one that's always right? If you're the DM, are you just trying to make sure that the players do what you want and follow your story? Or are you actually trying to give them something that is going to cause mystery and intrigue and possibly even throw them off the rails you have to be careful with that too though a subtly cursed sentient weapon or a sentient weapon that always lies can be just as dangerous because if the party is not keen to it then you can cause some mistrust in the same way that we've all been in an experience where a party members had trouble solving very simple puzzles the amount of trust that a party is going to put in the DM to not totally screw them over and make the game unfun is something that you have to be very careful not to abuse as well, where you may think that this sentient weapon is cursed and is going to lie to the party and tell them that they're off to destroy some evil when actually it's trying to sacrifice them all or something. But if there's if you don't give them good ways of figuring that out and good hints and clues when the party then walks into an unwinnable battle which is a whole other thing that should probably be discussed at some point they're not going to have fun they're not going to be like oh that was an awesome experience i'm so glad that we followed this sword and got tpk'd right like our whole party is dead because we thought that this was something good and it wasn't and we had no real way of knowing uh, or figuring it out, and then the DM leaning on, oh, well, you should have detected good and evil on it. Like, come on, get you gotta give your players some hints. You've got to allow them the opportunity to question. And if you don't give them a reason to, then that's really just it's not fun for everyone. and that's what it should be. It should be all about the fun. we've I've talked at length about how it should be a cooperative storytelling experience and when you're getting into that competitive space where it's my my way or the highway or my story and no one else's then you're just gonna end up being that annoying microwave beep and there's there's just better ways to do it in the same way that there are times where i will cook with a pan on the stove because if i burn it or i overcook it it's my fault. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't set a timer that would remind me a single time for, you know, the, the amount of time I needed to cook something, to to flip something or turn something or whatever, and that's my fault, and I'll take it. I'll take it, ownership of that moment, and handle it however I see fit, in the same way that you should allow the party the the space to figure things out and to... If they're going to make a mistake, it needs to be on them. It doesn't need to be because you were either not constantly reminding them or that you were constantly reminding them to do something that they probably didn't need to do, right? And I just think, like, whenever you're designing or thinking about implementing something like a sentient weapon or a DM NPC, just ask yourself, what am I trying to get out of this? What am I trying to do with this? And put a time limit on it. How long is this character or is this weapon going to be a part of the party's makeup? Because that is a, an amount of time that you are going to be exerting a higher level of control or opportunity, even if you're not going to directly guide the party. The party, like I said earlier, is going to rely on that, want information from it, want to interact with it in ways that they may try to leverage against your campaign, so how long are you going to afford them that opportunity, set a time limit on it whether it is a number of sessions or a specific point in the story, and if they get off the beaten path maybe that NPC won't join them or continue down certain areas, and then make sure to have that exit strategy. How is the sentient weapon going to be removed from the party? How is the sentient weapon going, or the DMNPC, going to leave? How is their arc going to end? And at what point? Because if you don't, the party is going to have an obnoxious demon-slaying sword that, like, what kind of existential crisis is that sword going to have when the demon is slain? Like, it's sole purpose in existence. It's been a soul bonded to a weapon for thousands of years, and its job is finally done. Like, what's it going to do? Like, maybe it wants to no longer be a weapon. There you go. Make yourself a quest where the sentient weapon already achieved its goal and was abandoned by a a separate party. The, The demon has already been slain. The weapon has already succeeded in its purpose in life, and it just wants to be unbonded from this inanimate object. To go have an existence outside of being a weapon, whether that be having its soul returned to some god or goddess, or just being able to, you know, uh, put its its soul in a war forged or something that it can live out a, a mortal life and go and enjoy a few things, adventure on its own, or become a cook, you know, or Dungeons and Dragons. If we're not shouting out how much everybody should go try cooking for a change. <laughs> It wouldn't be a show. <laughs> but if you're going to use something like that, make it a unique hook. And while it's not a trope that has been played out in media as much as, you know, so many other tropes of sci fi and fantasy, I think that if you're going to lean on something like a sentient weapon, make sure that you really think about all of the ins and outs. Why it's there, are you just trying to serve yourself and tell your story, or are you really trying to give the players an experience that they can influence, right? And I think that having a unique hook uh, is going to be something that really allows you to drive you know, a, a, the story in a direction and create an experience and a place that players can interact and make the space their own instead of really forcing them to abide by your rules or to railroad things. So just think about it and maybe shout out to your the big brand manufacturers of microwaves and dishwashers and you know, washers and dryers and several other devices that have unnecessary beeps and boops and reminders and timers and let them know that we have cell phones and computers, and there's so many devices in our home that can set a timer and beep at us when it's done that maybe only leave the beeping of dangerous things for like, if you're gonna Bluetooth something, Bluetooth my oven and then just have my phone whenever it gets out of Bluetooth range, if my oven is still on, then it'll tell me. Then it'll say, hey, you've exceeded Bluetooth range of your oven and the oven was on or the oven was off. Congratulations, you don't have to turn around and go home. That's the kind of reminder I need is that like safety reminder of hey, you did you're not going to burn your house down. Congratulations. Or there's a chance that you may at least have a warning where I can say, yeah, I know I'm going 3 feet outside the house. I'll be right back, you know, no big deal. But like that's the kind of like let's leverage technology for that. Let's not have incessant beeping every 30 seconds because I just made tea and I'm using the restroom. Like, Come on, let's get over that. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, comments, or episode ideas. You can reach me on Twitter at dinners. I'm pretty active out there, so if you reach me there, I'm probably going to get a reply. All of the other links and contact information that you can want can be found down in the card website in the show notes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and getting more bonus content or funding future content, maybe a sentient weapon that has a very specific history of, and quest of redeeming its soul after it has accomplished its purpose, then consider tossing a few coins over to patreon.com dungeonsanddinners. If you're looking for more great podcasts to listen to, you can check out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a long-form podcast about why gaming matters. It's co-hosted by myself and my dear friend, Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.